Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This podcast contains discussions of child abuse, sexual repression and sexual abuse, suicide, racism, misogyny, PTSD and PTSD symptoms, and spiritual oppression and abuse including guilt, shame, and fear. In most episodes, we will be mentioning some of these concepts in a general way without any graphic detail. If any of these topics or other triggering topics will be mentioned in great detail, we will let you know at the beginning of each individual episode, as well as in the show notes for that episode. Welcome back to the Leaving Eden podcast. Uh, we are your hosts here today. My name is Gabriel Hakoen. Who am I here with? I'm here with my best friend for the last time this year. For the last time in 2021. And I also have our third co-host, Miss Chuck, in here with us. How's she doing? How's Charlotte? She's doing great. She just had her dinner. She is... Uh sitting on my lap and we're going to have her in here for a couple minutes until she gets too crazy. Our listeners said that they missed hearing her sweet little voice. So here she is. Yeah, That's cute. So just an update on, on the baby Chuck. She just turned nine months old and she has two teeth and she's working on a third one. And she is extremely adorable, aren't you? As always. But what are we here today to talk about? Because this isn't a regular episode. This is a special fun episode that we're going to do. We've got a lot of new listeners. Thank you all for joining and, and yeah. coming on this journey with us. It's super fun mm -hmm. to have you here. 
Uh, but this is going to be like a, a special, like a fun episode. We're going to play some games. We're going to have some fun. Yeah. And we're going to talk about the Fundy tradition of the watch night service, which is what Fundies do on New Year's Eve. I'm, I'm not familiar with this. This is going to be fun. But before we do that, I have a Christmas related story that I wanted to tell because it's just hilarious. But before we get into that. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> the Leaving Eden podcast is the podcast about my BFF and co-host Sadie Carpenter's life in and escape from the independent fundamental Baptist cult. We talk about this cult. We talk about other cults. We talk about religion. We talk about fundamentalism in general. Um, and oh, what's that, Chuck? Mm-hmm. Oh. That's right. We talk about religion, we talk about fundamentalism, and we talk about the real and present danger that cults and cult ideologies pose to society as a whole. And it is our goal to promote freedom of mind, freedom of thought, and freedom of religion. So if you like our show, if you are a fan of our show, uh, Chuck, she sounds like she's a fan of our show right now. I love her. Um, She is a fan of our show. Yeah, uh, but if you're a fan of our show, you can go and join our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash leaving Eden podcast. And you will get access to extended and uncensored versions of our episodes that are longer than the regular versions that you hear on your regular stream, uh, which is super fun. Uh, You can also join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash Eden Exodus. We have 950 people in that group now. It's wild. A lot of new members uh, posting their stories and posting just fun memes and fun stuff. You can join our subreddit, which is reddit.com slash r slash Eden Exodus. And am I missing anything, Sadie? Oh, yeah. You can uh, recommend the show to your family, your friends, your loved ones, your enemies, your baby, your baby. Yeah, that, that's fun. And uh, we have to thank the Faith Promise Missions to your patrons. Oh, of course, of course, of course. And so we have all of you guys in our hearts. Uh, that is uh, Emery Fairlosser, Jessica Tambo, Catherine Schneider, Kathleen Moncrief, Kristen Marie, Linda Morgan, Ruthie, and Wes the Cowboy. So it's so great to have all of you with us in our Faith Promise Missions yeah. here of the Patreon Uh Thank you so much, Faith Promise Missions patrons, and to all of our patrons. This month, our patrons enabled me to buy Charlotte a very large play yard for our house so that I don't have to chase her around all day. And I am really, really looking forward to that getting here. Not as cute as it sounds. It is cute for 15 to 30 minutes, depending on how much I slept. And then for the rest of the three hours that she's awake, it's a little bit less cute to pull her hands out of the, the wires of daddy's speakers. Oh, you no. like the speakers. You want to play with the speakers. The speakers are expensive and might fall over on you. And it's scary for mama. You don't care. You're sticking your tongue out. So yep. Sadie... You were about to tell us a story. Yes, I am going to tell you a story. Chuck is rustling around on my lap. You are so active. That's okay. Mama's going to tell a story. Do you want to hear it? Okay. So this this story is not related to pretty much anything that we're going to talk about in our episode today, but somebody posted about the song Jingle Bells in our Facebook group, and that made me remember this very funny fundamentalist Christmas story. My church did a thing when I was a teenager for a while on Wednesday nights. Instead of having set hymns that we were going to sing that were pre-planned ahead of time, they would let the people in the congregation just call out whatever hymn they wanted to hear. 
It was really fun, and it was great for my sight-reading skills because I was a teenager and I was the church piano player for Wednesday nights. Oh, look, that's actually a very non-traumatic IFB memory. (laughs) Well, you learned some valuable skills. Who had it on their bingo card, Sadie does not trigger herself? (laughs) Nobody. Anyway, so, so one Wednesday night near Christmas, someone called out that they wanted to sing Jingle Bells. Well, that's not a Jesus song. It's not in the hymn book, but it's totally non-offensive. So the song leader went for it, and we sang Jingle Bells in Wednesday Night Church. Everybody was happy and full of IFB-approved Christmas cheer, except for one ultra-fundy guy who dramatically stormed out the back. (laughs) He was big mad. And you never saw him again. No, we did. We did. Um... So a couple months later, the church was having a Super Bowl party. And what we always did for the Super Bowl is we would watch the first half of the game, turn it off. And then during the halftime show, we'd have a sermon and then we'd turn it back on and watch the end of the game. And that way we avoided any potential Janet Jacksoning during the halftime and everybody was happy. So we were having our church Super Bowl party a couple couple months later, and the same guy who got super mad about Jingle Bells was also super mad about having a church Super Bowl party. And he wouldn't even come into the building where we were meeting. He just like stuck his head in, yelled out a scripture verse about how we were all sinners or worldly or something, and then stormed back out. <laughs> And and this is unrelated, but this same guy also permanently destroyed one of the church toilets after a potluck. So, yeah, fun guy. Oh, my God. Fun guy, fun times. The life of an IFB pastor's child. This is heroic. (laughs) This is... I'm sure that he felt like he was a, a, a like on a, a mission from God. He was a, a soldier for the Lord, yeah. Fighting within the ranks of the so-called righteous. Sorry, I just got it. I, I got it. I had a baby kiss. Yeah. Oh, very. He was very silly. Did you like my story? I liked your story, but you weren't talking to me. Nope. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to go back to dad so mom can finish recording? Do you want to say bye bye? Okay, I got a good giggle out of her. Now I'll let her go. So I was going to tell you what the heck a watch night service is. Yeah, because so you said watch night to me. You're like, I I was like, what are we going to do? Are we going to do a Christmas episode? And you're like, (laughs) no, we're going to do watch night. It's going to be so good. And you're like, what the hell is a watch night? What is watch night? I thought, you know what I thought it was? Do you remember when we did spring program? Yes. And you were telling me about how like the spring program theme was time. And if you brought enough people in, you'd win a grandfather clock. Yes. I thought it was going to be something like that. Man, I'm hella into watches now. So um, <laughs> you thought it was like, the service where all the fundies wear their nice watches to church. Through nice watches. And then Jack Hiles passes around the offering tray and you have to drop your <laughs> nice watches. <laughs> It could be your grandfather. It could be your dad's Seamaster that, you know, he had in a World War Two. Yeah, it certainly could be. Sure. Yeah, it could be, you know, something classic and Swiss and it could be a family <laughs> heirloom. But Jack Hiles wants it. So watch night service has nothing to do with watches. Sadly. Yeah, but also nothing to do with giving your watches to Jack Hiles, which is a bonus, right? Hey, man, it's I gave it all. You know, you, you have to give it all. <laughs> Sometimes I hate that I've taught you these things. <laughs> 
Look, I am. I, I have an excellent memory. Okay, that is one thing that you have to know about me is that I have an excellent memory. That's I true. never forget. I'm like an elephant. So watch night service is what the fundies do instead of New Year's Eve parties. Is it fun? Yes, it's actually really fun. Hey. Yeah, this is this one is going to be mostly non-traumatizing at all. This episode is going to be like the least trauma ever. Um, watch night service. Right. At least the way my church at where I grew up did it was totally fun. Uh, I'm sure that other people had less great experiences because the fundies have a way of ruining everything. But at my church growing up, so watch night service typically started around 6 p.m. on New Year's Eve. And the idea is to keep people away from parties where there might be drinking and give them a fun alternative thing to do at church instead. Kind of like how trunk or treat is supposed to replace trick-or-treating. Which trunk or treat? Oh, boy. Um, I don't... Is this like the... Because we had the episode where you told me about the Scarum to Jesus haunted house. Yeah. Trunk or treat is is uh, you... Instead of going door to door, you put a bunch of cars in a parking lot and people give kids candy out of the trunk of their car. But that, that way you don't... That sounds extremely sketchy. No, it's like during the day in a church parking lot. It's fine. Did Josh Duggar come up with this idea? <laughs> no, this is a normal... This isn't even a funding... Trunk or treat is not even a funding thing. That's like a normal Christian thing. I have never heard of this. <laughs> okay, we're getting off topic here. Watch night service. <laughs> Watch night service. Okay. It's where the fundies really let their hair down. And just it's like a lock in at the church, except for you're not really locked in. And everybody goes in the evening and stays until after midnight. And like I said, I'm sure some people's watch night services were significantly more traumatizing. But my watch night service growing up was one of my favorite times of year. Man, that sounds like a good time. So it's just like a church lock in. Yeah, Everybody kind of, except for there. without the lock part. Well, you know, when you're a kid, you're not drinking anyway. So, like, what are you going to do on New Year's Eve? You're going to run around with the kids from, you know, your, your neighborhood or whatever. And Is that what people do? Well, yeah, yeah. You know, you go you go to a party. You know, your friends, you're going to get invited to, like, a party. Where it'll be, like, the people who your parents are friends with. But, you know, your parents are probably friends with the parents of your friends from school. So your friends from school are going to be there. You know, the kids from the neighborhood are going to be there. And you're just going to, like, run around in somebody's house, play some Monopoly or something, play some Nintendo. I never I, considered what normal, non-fundy children do on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Because I know what I do on New Year's Eve now that I'm not a fundy, but I never considered what the kids do. Well, yeah, it'd be, it, but instead of like champagne, we get like sparkling cider or something like that. Drink that instead. It's a good time. That's so. This is like that sounds that. like a good time. This is making me excited for Chuck's future New Year's experiences. It, in in the IFB, if you're a kid, um, you do get that experience of running around with your friends, and you all get to get super hyped up on desserts. Ah, which is one reason that watch night service was one of my favorite things growing up. Man, we know that you guys do those desserts well. The 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 chocolate lasagna, the all the cakes, all the cookies. So chocolate lasagna is that like what? What do you use as like the the noodles? Is that like graham cracker or, or, like, or yeah, what? like graham crackers or cookies or cake, like thin slices of cake. Yeah, I, I still haven't looked up the recipe, even though it was a year and a half that we talked about chocolate lasagna. So at our church, we had a giant potluck, usually more like finger foods and desserts. And at a normal potluck, there would be like one big table of desserts. At the watch night service, there would be two giant tables of desserts. And all of the kids just ate plates and plates 
of dessert and snuck coffee out of the church kitchen when nobody was looking. Mm. It was the best day to be an IFB kid. That sounds like a great time. I feel like I would have had a lot of fun at that. It was it was a great time. It was a great time. So we would do we would do that. And then there's a lot of other like weird food related traditions for the watch night service. So I want to walk you through all of them. Just before we get into that, uh, for all our listeners out there, what we have done for this episode, what you can expect today is that we are structuring this almost sort of like a watch night service. So you Sadie is describing these wonderful things that she is going to have happen. That's what she's going to do. And then we're going to kind of partake in in such activities as best we can over the podcast. So this is going to be really fun. Yeah, we're going to do some of the ones virtually that you could do virtually. So the next thing that was one of my favorite things about watch night growing up I want to tell you about a particular watch night service tradition from my church growing up. And before I tell you the title, so it's a song. And before I tell you the title of the song, I do need to make sure that you know that it's not actually racist. That's a strange thing to... the title of the song is Chocolate Fever. It's about actual chocolate, literal, like the candy. This is not a weird racist fundy thing for once. Oh my God. (laughs) It's a Patch the Pirate song. (sighs) So in my church growing up, it would be my mom and the mom of some some of my best friends. And they would dress up in funny outfits and they would sing this Patch the Pirate song. And the Patch the Pirate song is basically just about a woman who has been dieting and now she's going to eat some chocolate. Which is kind Mm. of non-toxic, too, considering how fundies are about diet culture. Like, that's about as non-toxic as fundies get talking about food. So my mom and my friend's mom would dress up in funny outfits and sing this song, and they would have giant baskets of chocolate, and they would throw chocolate at all the kids while they sang the song. Oh, wow. And it was the best (laughs) It was it was it was like my favorite thing. So I, so being an IFB kid, you got hyped up on on dessert to start with, and then you go into the auditorium, and people are singing Chocolate Fever and throwing tons and tons of candy bars at you, and you just sit there for the rest of the night and eat even Hold more. On. I'm I'm sugar. gonna look up this. Let me find this song. I'm gonna play this song if I can. Oh please. This is the song that would get you hyped? Yeah, like, that was like... that was. She's got chocolate, <laughs> chocolate fever. It gets you hyped because people are throwing candy bars at you while they sing it. I mean, it's not a very hype... Like, the subject matter... Okay, yeah, but it's Patch the Pirate. Hype. That's about as hype as he gets. He could bump the tempo up a few times. You know, she's got chocolate, chocolate fever. He could no, do that's, it like that. that's syncopated. Syncopated music is of the devil. So that's not that's not approved. You got to you got to sing everything very slow and formal. But I didn't mind as a kid because people were giving me candy. Hey, that's all right then. You know what? I'll, I won't ruin this for you. Thank you. I don't think I actually, I don't think I could ruin this for you. I, I, you know, you, you ruin a lot of things for me, but some things I'm just, uh, just going to hold on to. (laughs) (laughs) So we would do that. Maybe if we got really lucky, my dad would sing his famous Turkey song 
which the, the lyrics are, if God can love turkeys, then God can love you because you are a turkey and I am one too. Oh. It's fun. That is fun. So we would do that. We would do other fundy approved, <clears throat> fundy approved silly songs. It, it I don't know. I don't know if I am quite capturing the essence of the watch night service, but I'm going to, I'm going to keep going and keep trying. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the last night at summer camp when you know, you're, you're singing all the camp songs. When you didn't go to Jesus camp and the last night isn't cry night. Yeah. What's cry night. Uh, it's, it's where they preach a really, really, really emotional sermon where if you haven't gotten right with God or gotten called to preach the whole week at Jesus camp, then they do like one more like super emotional sermon on the last night and they pull out all like the really heartbreaking topics and about how, you know, God is going to kill you if you don't do what he says so that everybody like gets saved or gets called to preach or whatever needs to happen so that they can brag about how many kids got called to preach at their camp. Bruh, what? That's the light. No. <laughs> That's what happens at the last night of camp at Jesus camp. <laughs> But this is okay, what well, <laughs> this is probably what the last night of camp is like for normal people. I guess, yeah. If you're, yeah, if you're not to the age where you're like trying to to <laughs> fool around with the the other other campers, if you're not that old yet, damn, this that's that's wild. So, so oh yeah, so so watch night service. It's a lot of fundies in church clothes in a room in like in the church doing ridiculous stuff so it's kind of like the valentine's banquet yeah but it's everybody so it's a lot more fun because you've got you know the all the big fundy families with the all the little kids running around and it's kind of chaotic so typically they will have some kind of sermon because they think it's bad to be in the church without having a sermon of some kind so how long is the sermon going to be is it going to be like okay well we're here for church you know this is a jesus event let's make it two hours or is it going to be like okay i'm sure that's how it is at the stricter ifb churches at my church it was not like that at all it was like 15 minutes like catholic length just so they can say that they did one and then after that sermon there's some actual fun stuff with preaching Ooh, okay so they will have a preacher boys contest they will allow and it's not really a contest because usually there's not a winner, but they call it that. But they will allow all the young men in the church to come up and preach. And they'll give a time limit, like three minutes or five minutes or something like that. And can they so can they like plan this out and practice beforehand? <laughs> yes. So this is actually kind of cute. If you overlook the the toxic implications of like every boy has to be a preacher. It can be it can be kind of adorable because you'll get like two or three year old boys up there kicking microphone stands and slamming the pulpit because that's what they've seen their pastor do. Again, slightly toxic that kids <laughs> think that that's normal for church. But also, I do have to say it's cute to see a toddler in a tiny suit like running across the platform, kicking things <laughs> like it's not cute because the little kids shouldn't think that that's OK in church. But also it's cute. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> the tiny suit, tiny little bow tie. I can just imagine, though, like, you know, being a young man in the IFB, getting really excited about this because, you know, this is my time to shine. I'm sure that they like, you know, if if you're somebody doing this, you feel like you're giving back to your community yeah. by doing this as well. Yeah, right. And so they'll go in order of age because the little boys get up there and do their thing and it's adorable. And then the teenage boys will get up and actually prepare a sermon and it can be a big deal. Some boys will prepare for weeks for their five minutes to get up and preach. 
So is there like an age cutoff? So like once you're 12 or 13, you're like expected to have maybe a more serious sermon? I think all the boys really did try to emulate the the style of whoever their pastor was. But I have seen even even little boys really prepare, like actually find a Bible verse and write a sermon. I remember my brothers getting ready for this and asking me to write out their notes for them because say they were like six and eight and I was 10. They didn't have good handwriting and they wanted me to write their outline so that it was more legible when they got up to preach. But they would very seriously dictate it to me. And if I tried to correct their theology, they weren't happy about that. Were you jealous, though? So like because so the boys are going to go up there and do that. But you don't get to. Do you get to do that? So at my church, like one or two years, they did let women get up and preach at watch night. I told you the fundies Really? really loosen up for this. Wow. So this is like a Jill Rodriguez situation where she would like. Yeah, I don't know why she doesn't just find a church with a watch night service where she can get up and, and preach and like get it in for the year. She doesn't have to have a funeral for somebody's knees uh, to <laughs> a funeral for somebody's for someone's legs that are alive. Just not moving of of their own volition. I keep remembering that. And that just that's one uh. of the that's one of the ones that haunts you. But like, so you were the pastor's daughter, though. So were you expected to do it or did you did you like want to do it or? I wouldn't say I was expected to do it. In my home church, the big thing was that the deacon's wives would get up and preach. It was a whole joke about like the deacon's wives are really the ones who run the church, but it was lighthearted misogyny at worst, definitely on the way less bad end of the IFB's <laughs> treatment of women. I did want to get up and preach. The one year I remember them allowing teenage girls to do it, and the year that I did, I actually prepared a sermon. But when I got up to talk, I completely lost my nerve and I could hardly talk. I have not always been the person that I am now like now getting on stage and talking to a bunch of people or sitting down in front of a microphone and talking to a lot of people does not bother me. But the IFB really stole my confidence and I had to work really hard to get it back. So the one time I remember attempting this, I was so nervous. I, I did have a whole sermon ready to go, but I don't think I even got through it because I, I was just so, so scared. Well, that's a huge disappointment. Yeah. like Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't blame myself too much because I think I felt like I was transgressing. I, like I felt like I was doing something I wasn't supposed to. Yeah. And you're afraid, you know, maybe you get up there and you do it. You're like, oh, this is what I've been missing out on. I don't even know if it was like the, the sermon preparation part is what I felt like I had been missing out on. I wasn't, I was, I was neutral on getting up and actually talking to people, but being able to write authoritatively about theology was that was what felt super transgressive. So I wasn't able to get up in front of people and say the Bible says this because that's what a woman's not allowed to do in the IFB. And that's how like a lot of that's where a lot of respect comes from is somebody really being able to to get into the Bible. Yeah. Right. Okay. It's like that's something that only men are allowed to do. So in the IFB, if you're so I was a Sunday school teacher and had been for several years at the time that this happened. I had been a Sunday school teacher. I had been a junior church teacher as a young teenager. So I was able to give Bible lessons 
So I could sit down and teach kids and say, this is the story of Jonah and the whale, and this is how it happened, and this is a lesson we can learn from it. But as far as actually developing a sermon and saying, this is what the Bible says, and then this is God's truth based on what we just read, I couldn't do it. So later on in this episode, I think that we're all a little bit um, sad for Sadie that she never got to deliver that sermon that she wanted to deliver. Later on, uh, you have something prepared, don't you? Yes, and I'm extremely nervous, and I don't know if I want to do it. Well, it's going to be extremely non-toxic, So, um, and if it doesn't go well, then I will edit it so that it sounds good. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. Which you can't do live. So. <laughs> I, will, I will think about it. Okay. So do you want to move on to other things that would happen during a watch night service? Yes, let's okay. let's do some other things. Let's ha- let's have some fun here. Okay, there are more weird food things. <laughs> oh my god! Like what? So games involving food. Um, this is so. I think I talked about some of these during the Valentine banquet episode. Like the one person holds a toothpick. Both people hold toothpicks in their mouths, and you try to pass a lifesaver over the toothpicks. Oh, like the kissing adjacent games. Kissing adjacent yeah. games, but you can only be on a team with your spouse. And Okay, so it's kind of like that, but the non-kissing adjacent versions of these things. So Chubby oh. Bunny is the classic watch night service game, in my opinion. The premise of the game is simple. Each person, so you get bit like jumbo marshmallows. Each person puts a marshmallow in their mouth and then tries to say, chubby bunny and then they you go in rounds and each round everybody has to add a marshmallow to their mouth until people have to drop out because they can't speak anymore so basically it's a who can shove the most marshmallows in their mouth without choking contest but my church stopped playing it because some people died not in my church but like what in the world in general people have died from playing this game so my church stopped doing it which is why that we're not going to be playing this game tonight on this podcast i really i really wanted to play this one on air and then i realized that that's probably not safe well we could get chuck to play give her some mini marshmallows that yeah perfect idea (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, not not a good idea to joke about choking hazards in front of in, oh, in she's, front of you. She's gone to bed. She's not with me anymore. <laughs> well, um, no, but we were talking about this. If we were going to play it, we would have to be in the same place, and we're not in the same place, so we're not going to do that. Just for safety purposes, um, only for safety reasons. Yeah, I could die. You could die. Even worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. That was that was strangely complimentary. Well, you have a child. I don't. That's, if I die, true. people are going to be sad. If you die, there's going to be a, 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 a very a very mad kid. This is taking a very fucking weird turn. I'm sorry. Like, what? okay, <laughs> should we? Let's. We got to move on here. This is. I. We are bringing some weird energy to this episode tonight. I don't know what's going on. So let's talk about a different game that we could play at the watch night service. So there, I I don't know how to describe like the breadth of different games that they play. There are so many different things and they're all just so incredibly wacky. So one year we played this weird game where people had to fill their mouths up with water and then gargle the tune to popular hymns. And then other people had to try to guess what hymn they were trying to gargle. What? Yeah. What do you guys have any games that aren't choking hazards? <laughs> um no. Did they invite Nancy Reagan? Oh. 
so so I'm sorry. I don't know. I can tell you about another choking hazard. <laughs> so another thing. Oh my god. I'm sorry. Another thing you might see might see at a watch night service. <laughs> is some kind of weird food relay race. So you'd separate into teams, and then it's like a relay race. You have to run down the aisle of the church, reach into a bag, pull out something, and then you have to eat whatever it is that you pulled out. And then you have to run back and tag the next person who does the same thing. And then whichever team has eaten all the things in the bag first wins. So there might be things like strange flavors of baby food or a whole raw onion or raw potatoes or uh, canned sardines are a big favorite for this. Anything that's not going to hurt you but might be gross or just hard to eat the whole thing of. Like an entire box of milk duds. Oh, yeah. Which is, again, choking hazard. (laughs) The IFB just, you know, they they love talking about heaven and they don't mind if some of their people get there a little bit early because they (laughs) ate something weird in the church on New Year's Eve. Oh my god. So so that's that's some of the chaos that might go on at a watch night service. Do you want to just keep on going? Yeah, let's keep going. Do we have any yeah. games that we can play? Uh actually, yeah, I do have I have a couple games that we can play. Okay. So any games I think we can play with our listeners over the air. Okay. Would be great. So after the fun and games, like the like the weird food stuff, the night goes on, there are more activities because you have to do a lot of activities. When you have a bunch of people locked in the church building for six hours. Of course. So some of the games we would play would be uh, Mad Libs or Bible quizzes or that kind of thing. Okay. Well, that's fun. So, Like a sword drill? Yeah. Sword drills might be something that happens. Have you ever been in a job interview where they give you a piece of paper and it's got a bunch of questions on it? Yes. Simple questions like, like two plus two. But the... At the very top of the paper, it says, read all the way through before answering any questions. And then it's got like 30-something questions. And then the last question at the bottom of the page is, if you read all the way through without answering any questions, check this box for yes and go turn in your paper. And don't answer any other questions. Oh, yeah. Check question things, see if you follow instructions. Um, Stuff like that. like, And also just tricky Bible trivia questions. Okay, do you want to do a, a tricky Bible trivia question? Yeah, let's do that. Okay, uh, I will do only Hebrew Bible questions to make it fair. That's absolutely fair, because I don't know the... I, I, you know what? I'm being polite. I'll call them the sequels. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so so here's one. How many animals of each kind did Moses take on the ark? Uh, that would be two Well, two of every kind. Thank you, Kent Hovind, for telling us <laughs> of every kind of animal, not every or every type of animal, not every animal, right? Do you want me to read the question again? How many yeah. animal? How many animals of each kind did Moses take on the ark? Oh, did Moses take on the ark? Oh, oh, yeah. it's a trick question. It's a yeah. trick question. I see what you did there. Moses didn't take any animals on the ark. It was Noah that took the animals on the ark. Yes. So so stuff like that is what you might what you might hear at a at a watch night service. And I think that's the kind of tomfoolery that usually gets saved only for the youth group meetings. So it's a little bit more fun when you get to do that that kind of fun stuff with all the adults. I don't know if uh, this sounds fun to you. 
I mean, it sounds fun compared to what you guys usually do, which is go out on buses and feel <laughs> depressed about not being able to bring people to church. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 exactly it. It sounds better than trudging through Chicago in the snow when it's like negative 10 degrees outside, knocking on people's doors and asking them to go get saved and then come to your church and believe and pray a prayer and, and believe in Jesus. And they're just like, it's negative 10 degrees outside. Like, yeah, I don't Now that I'm talking about this, I'm not sure if it's actually fun or just way funner than normal fundy stuff. Or if this is what you think is fun, if you can't drink, can't listen to music, can't go to movies and can't hold hands before you're married. <laughs> I I got a Mad Lib ready you for did. you. You did? Yes. It's in a secret document that you can't see. Oh, no. Oh, so yeah. this wasn't shared with me. Okay, so no, we're going to play this Mad was, Lib. This was not shared with you. So we're going to do this live and see how this goes. Is it going to be a, a, a religion Mad Lib? It's fundy specific. A, oh, a Bible Mad Lib. Okay. Okay. So uh, are you ready? I'm ready. I was born ready, baby. Okay. Name of a friend is the first thing I need. Well, this is easy. I'm going to say Sadie. Okay. Uh, I need three verbs. Three verbs. Uh, in what tense? Uh, present, past, present. future. Present tense. Eat, look, walk. Okay. Uh, I need a time of day. A time of day. Oh, midnight. Uh, and number. 69. Great, great. <laughs> this is this is going great. Okay, uh, celebrity. Celebrity. Uh, Nancy Reagan. Oh damn! I had already typed in a lot of time. <laughs> oh man, uh, she just turned thirty. She was on the Tonight Show with uh, Jimmy Fallon. Cool. We'll be thirty soon. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, another another present tense verb. Present tense verb. Uh, listen. And a noun. But. I don't know. I don't know if you were the right person to do this with. Um, that's that's not. Okay. What, 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 was, I, was I doing it wrong? Should I have been? No, more, no, you're doing uh, it. You're doing it right. It's just going to be funny. Um, okay. Well, then uh, I'm the right person to do it with, Sadie. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I take it back. Uh, I need one more noun. Okay. Uh, can. Uh, one more number. Four twenty. Great, and uh, one famous Fundy preacher. Um. One famous Fundy preacher. So many to choose from. I'm going to go with a Lester Roloff. Okay. Are you ready to hear the Mad Lib that we have created? I am ready to hear this Mad Lib. Let's okay. go. <clears throat> Let's do it. It was a Saturday morning and I was excited to go out soul winning with my friend Sadie. Before I could go soul winning, I had to eat, look, and walk. I got to the church at midnight and the soul winning meeting was 69 hours long. The preacher talked about how Nancy Reagan is evil because they listen to butt. While I was out, one, one person answered the door while wearing a can. I witnessed to 420 people and Lester Roloff clapped for me. I do want to point out that it would be extremely fundy illegal for us to go soul winning together. Why? Because you can't go with somebody of the opposite gender that is not your husband or wife. Right. Oh, yeah, man. that would that would be uh, incredibly too tempting, right? Because you could just disappear off somewhere and just like you know fool around, which I'm sure people did. Oh yeah, like I could tell you tons of stories about Hiles Anderson students, but most of them are not IFB anymore, so I'm not going to call put them on blast. <laughs> 
We can use fake names. Uh, we'll talk about that later. We need to do another Tales from Cult College episode. Do we? Well, we need to do Pensacola Christian College. Okay. And then we can talk about the Tales from Cult College. Ugh. I feel like I have all my stories from Hiles Anderson are like trauma, trauma, trauma. And my stories from Pensacola Christian College are just ridiculous. <laughs> Like one time, one time I accidentally took the men's elevator. <laughs> you, there was a, a men's elevator. Yeah, it was super embarrassing. No urinals in there. No. <laughs> no, just a bunch of very traumatized-looking Pensacola Christian College boys who have never been in an elevator with a feminine presenting person of any kind. There's a big poster of Pam Anderson on the wall. <laughs> It's the elevator, the bottom floor, it takes you to the man cave. Can you imagine how boring a man cave at a Christian college would be? Oh, no, dude, the man cave of the Christian, that's where, like, it, like they'd all let loose. No, so, be... so that's not the man cave. That is actually what happens at, at uh, <clears throat> Club Egypt, which I'm not going to tell you about on this episode. I will tell you what Club Egypt is when we do an episode on Pensacola Christian College, which we need to do soon. I am very intrigued by this. I Club Egypt? Yes. That sounds like a like a club, like a like a good club. Like or where are you going to that? Oh yeah, I'm going down to Club Egypt. They got a, a DJ that I want to see. They're playing until four. I will know? tell I will tell you about it soon. It's it's interesting. I bought some Molly off of Silk Road using Bitcoin, like uh, <laughs> Josh Duggar did using the Darknet. You know. Um. <laughs> Don't you know Josh Duggar is Club Egypt? Josh Duggar is homeschooled. He's too dumb to know how to use the Darknet. <laughs> Okay, do you want to <clears throat> take a break and then talk about what would go on towards the end of the watch night service? Yeah, okay, yeah, let's take a break and then we'll, we'll come right back. Uh, the second half of this episode is we got a really special surprise for you guys. It's going to be great. Really excited for it. Hey, Sadie here. If this is your first time listening to the Leaving Eden podcast, make sure you go back and check out episode 57. It's a primer episode for new listeners. That episode tells my personal story and gives you all the terms and information that you'll need to know going forward. Also, check out our cult true crime series, The First Family of Fundamentalism, so that you can get the whole cult story. If you like our show, you can support us by joining our Patreon, where we have extended and uncensored episodes, as well as other bonus content available. You can also join in the discussion in our Facebook group, that group is called Eden Exodus. Tell a friend, tell a family member, tell your worst enemy. The Leaving Eden podcast is a fully independent podcast, and we really appreciate your support. Now, back to the show. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. 
Okay, we are back from our break. We've had a lot of fun tonight. We've been playing a lot of fun and games, but that's not everything that the Watch Night service is about, is it, Sadie? No. The night, so so the Watch Night service, you might play a lot of games and then people kind of start getting tired, but you got to stay there until midnight. And I'll explain to you at the end of the show why you have to be there until midnight. So there are other activities that you might do to pass those last couple of hours. One of the ones that you might do is talk about blessings from the year, your best moments from the year that's about to end, things like things like that, things that you're thankful for. So Sadie, what about this year is it that you're particularly thankful for? Well, I think it would be pretty rude if I didn't say Chuck. <laughs> Chuck course. Chuck came about this year and that was that was pretty great. Uh, but I, I would love to go through and talk about some of our favorite podcast moments from the year and some of our um, favorite episodes. I think that would be really fun. Oh, yes. I would love to do that. Okay. So why don't you start out? Why, why don't you start out and tell us about what were your favorite things that happened on the show this year? One of my favorite things was our Pride Month special programming. Oh, my God. Yes. That was great. It got us into Twitter beefs. Um, it was <laughs> super, uh, I think it was it was validating for me, and I hope it was for our other LGBTQ listeners. And we got to meet one of our favorite people, the stunning, the brilliant, <clears throat> sorry, the stunning, the brilliant Dinah Housefire. Yes. And so as a special treat, you know, Sadie and I were talking about this. We're like, this is our last episode of the year. What do we want to do? And we've been talking about this for a while. So we decided after considerable demand from our <laughs> listeners that we wanted to bring back Dinah for this special episode. So Dinah is here on this show with us right now. How are you doing? Hello, I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me back. This is I'm, I'm thrilled to be a repeat offender. <laughs> so Dinah, for those of uh, our listeners who are new to the show and maybe haven't worked their way through to get through all of the episodes, do you want to introduce yourself to our fans? Um, yeah, so uh, I'm Dinah Housefire. I'm a uh, drag uh, drag queen and and uh, performer uh, working in Arkansas. Um, and I grew up in uh, the Baptist Missionary Association of America and was a missionary and on the episode I did before, we talked about my experience as a missionary and and um, having an exorcism of the gay demon that I picked up while I was on the mission field in China. So, you know, just, just <laughs> casual, you know, easy breezy, fun stuff. And now Incredible. we have, and I volunteered that if you ever find the ring to um, to put on the ring and see, there, there was a ring involved. You got to go back and listen to the story if you haven't heard it. Yes. But the ring supposedly contains the gay demon now, and I volunteered to put on the ring. Uh, but that's not a great test because I'm already pretty gay. So no, you were going to have me put on the ring to see if it would turn me gay. So, so we're going to try that. But now we have other listeners lining up to volunteer yeah. as well. well I volunteered. Heather Beef also volunteered. <laughs> so we may be, you know, we may have a crossover episode wherein we just see who becomes the gayest. That sounds. <laughs> like the perfect uh perfect episode of our show <laughs> yeah and i mean i can't imagine that going poorly for you on twitter no Why not? certainly not <laughs> you are everything that's wrong with progressive christianity so um i'm pretty thrilled to uh support you in that endeavor 
You personally are the worst. (laughs) I appreciate my crown and sash that I got uh, with that with that title i wear them every day which is a bit inconvenient carrying around a baby but you know you got to do what you got to do this is a serious conversation that i've had with sadie from time to time is that i mentioned to her on a not infrequent basis that i wish i could wear a crown and a sash on a regular basis just like you know like mayor quimby on the Mm. simpsons how he goes around wearing a sash that says mayor on it i kind of want that for if you're playing bingo at home you may punch your card now there's the Simpsons reference. <laughs> Dinah Housefire, <laughs> as you may know, if you are a member of our Facebook group, Dinah Housefire invented the Leaving Eden bingo game. And so just for that, like, <laughs> we owe you the world. Oh, yes. Well, you know, <laughs> if, if you're stuck in a layover somewhere in the middle of America and with nothing else to do, um, brainstorming silly things to make people laugh on the Internet is a pretty good way to fill the time. <laughs> so there's a couple of things that we wanted to talk about with you today. Um, you know, as we're getting in uh, a bit of uh, our retrospectiveness uh, for this past year, Sadie and I were going to talk about some of our favorite episodes. We hope that you would talk about maybe some of the things that you really liked. But before we do that. What? We need what to we do a drink rundown. Oh, my God. Is that what we're going to do? I think so, yeah. We need to do the what are you drinking? Because I'm the drag brunch um, bringer of debauchery, apparently. So, like, (laughs) I think the drag brunch episode was the introduction to Wine Mom Sadie. Was it? I thought Wine Mom Sadie may have appeared before that, but I don't remember. I don't think so because I was pregnant Um, most of the time before that. Mm, That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, because we recorded that. I, I had just had the baby like three months before. I don't think I had occasion to drink on the podcast in those three months. Well, that just means your heart wasn't in the right place, Sadie. If you if you really believed in yourself, <laughs> you would have been drinking on your podcast earlier. You know, I, was I drinking tried. on the podcast. <laughs> the original concept of the podcast would be that we would always have something fun to drink on the podcast and then i got pregnant like six weeks into recording so that went out the window (laughs) yeah it was white claw you know a lot of our like before you listen to the first episode of the show um when we first recorded it like the part that i chopped off at the beginning when we recorded when we were just like doing test 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 can you hear me can you hear me Mm -hmm. can you hear me um it was like shotgun a white claw that's what we would say yeah Yeah, and, and then chuck disrupted my plans which was a bummer so i had to drink basically twice as much which was uh <laughs> you know you know just to that's make how up i know it. you're a real friend gavi that you would sacrifice your own liver for your compatriot oh that's fine i wasn't using it anyway um <laughs> anyway so dino what are you drinking okay so in honor of it being the end of the year and um my triumphant return to the podcast uh i decided to really torture myself and create a cocktail (laughs) based around mountain moo as a concept oh god um and you know it was kind of like my chopped moment like okay what are we gonna do what the hell are we gonna do um how do we make this fancy um so it is a cocktail of a sourberry lemon vodka um, a little whipped cream vodka, lime juice, Mountain Dew, and I floated a little um, 
uh, lemon sherbet in the top for the cream factor. Um, so it's all kind of lemony. What? It's actually pretty nice. It's it's quite sweet. That act. That sounds actually really good. Yeah, I'm not mad. Yeah, I, I feel like I would try that. It looks scary, but it, it tastes pretty good. It's very green, I assume. <laughs> yes. yes, I tried to be fancy. I garnished <laughs> it with a little like slice of lime. But yeah, it is. It's very green, and there's like, a yellow foam on top, which is vaguely off-putting. But that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm in my sweaty bedroom. Who cares, right? <laughs> Yeah. Vaguely off-putting is the vibe of our entire show. I think it's. I think it's very suitable. <laughs> um, actually, Sadie, um, the vibe of your entire show is the quote that I pulled: "Somewhat less shitty than Thomas Jefferson." Um, <laughs> that's all we're going for here. <laughs> essentially, the homework I did was to find that quote. Um, so I just I think that could be a good T-shirt, <laughs> a good bumper sticker, just. Leaving Eden podcast slightly less shitty than Thomas you know? Jefferson. <laughs> I like it. You know, I think that's that's honestly pretty accurate. <laughs> I will do it. Well, I am. It is. It is afternoon, and my baby is napping. So I am sitting here with um, a glass of wine, a coconut Red Bull, and a very large bottle of water. Oh, because that's just how I roll. You're covering a lot. Are you mixing the Red Bull and the wine? Or no, is it like these are three have... separate. I have three separate beverages in the podcast closet. That is commitment to beverage that I appreciate. It wow. feels it feels incredibly necessary today. You know what, Sadie? You're like the opposite of those people that walk around with like a gallon of water because they're they're going to hit the gym so hard. Like you're walking around with caffeine and alcohol, and like you're like really covering your bases. What you need to be doing is you need to just like, you know, you go around with a handbag, have the handbag be full of like seltzers. and, and You know those like, um, those like wine mom bras where it's like the, instead of a water bra, it's like you yes. put wine in your tits and then there's just like a straw that comes up. We could get something like that. That seems great. That seems great. I, I do worry about like, sw- do you have to switch the straw from one side to the other? Because otherwise you're going to look really lopsided. Ooh, that's a good point. I, I always assumed there might be some sort of channel between them from- in the middle, but I don't yeah. know. <laughs> you know what I would do, Sadie, and we've discussed this, is is you know shaving your head and switching to wigs, but hiding alcohol in your wig. You know, like the foam dome, like the beer hat, mm-hmm. but like have it hidden in your wig instead. You could do what my friend at, so I had a friend at Pensacola Christian College, and I don't think I've ever told this story on the podcast. He had a flask tie and... Oh. Because at, at Pensacola Christian College, you have to wear a tie to church, which was convenient because his tie was a flask and it had a little straw. So every time we had to bow our head for prayer, he'd just sneak his little straw out and uh, got him through a lot of churches and chapel services at Pensacola. Genius stuff. I that approve. is really smart. And I applaud his commitment to alcoholism. Yeah, I just I feel I feel really um, regretful that I was still a major stick in the mud and was not. <laughs> partaking in whatever he had in his flask tie you could have partied so hard man that would have been i could have partied so hard at both colleges that i went to and i really missed some opportunities that's deeply disappointing um but what are you drinking gavi what am i drinking i'm drinking remy martin xo i feel like gavi you're gonna be like whenever we speak you're gonna be like fancy 
and Sadie's going to be sort of sort of practical but fun, and then I'm just going to be random as shit, and I don't know, like... I love it. It is what it is. I love it. It's a vibe. It is It is a vibe. What did we say when we were coming up with my drag persona? Um, my drag persona was just supposed to be somebody who is extremely just, expensive. Yes, just so, money. Just money. Money. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I... I I uh, am fully with that. Uh but now we got to move on to what we what we're really here for, which is to talk about what were our favorite moments and what were our favorite episodes of this year and our favorite things that we did. Yeah, totally. Sadie, would you like to start us off? Yeah, so some of my favorite episodes I loved the um, Monster Energy Drink episode because I feel like that one was a, a real tone setter for future biographical type episodes that we did yes like, i don't think the like the jill rodriguez episode was super popular but i feel like uh monster energy drink lady <laughs> walked so that jill could run <laughs> but uh learning how to set up an episode that is biographical where it's not boring but it makes sense chronologically and we can take our listeners through a narrative that's engaging i feel like we really learned how to do that that was such a fun on the monster one to do. energy episode, and I got to talk about Daniel Tosh, who is one of my favorite problematic people. Oh, he's such trash, Sadie. I know. I have like um. Hmm? I, I said I, I'm not saying you can't find him funny. He's just like, <laughs> what a fucking drag. Yeah, I'm like I, I'm into very specific kinds of trash, <laughs> and I'm I'm finding I'm finding like my way into contextualizing that for myself. But we, but we I love that journey for you. I, it, it's, it is, it is a journey. Speaking of the Bachelor, it is, it is a journey. Yes, thank you. Hit the card. But I love, I love. Is hmm? there a Bachelor Square on the card? There should be. I don't know. Is I, there? I doubt it. We talk oh, about man. the Bachelor at least as much as we talk about my Bachelorette. That's true because I'm trying to get you to go on the Bachelorette. Ooh, intriguing. <laughs> I think this ah. would be the perfect solution the cause of and solution to all life's problems just like alcohol yes but i I loved monster energy drink i loved getting to finally talk about steven anderson uh that one was a, a personal one that i was really excited about doing kent hovind and then heather's interview is one of the only episodes of our podcast that i have personally gone back and listened to more than once what were some of your favorite episodes from this year so before I get to what my favorite episodes were, I just want to point out, and this is a huge disappointment to me, okay, that we came out with, the, including this episode that we're doing right now, we came out with 68 episodes this year. Hugely disappointing to me because oh. we're one episode away from coming. Yeah, oh. you know. We, we, we could have had 69 nice. episodes. Look. we got to get to 69, Sadie. <laughs> yeah. For me, though... um, I think so. My favorite time that we spent working on the show was like last winter and early spring. You know, when you were super pregnant and we were trying to just build up a ton of episodes in like the backlog and then just release them so we didn't have to take a like take any breaks when you had those, the baby. Those weeks are burned into my memory permanently. <laughs> When it was just like, okay, we're going to record an episode, uh, we're going to work on writing it on, on, you know, Monday and Tuesday and then record two episodes on Wednesday and then take Thursday. Like that, that was fun. I really enjoyed that. But that's when we did Tom Kimmel and the Ponzi scheme episode. Mm-hmm. And that's when we did Paul Sand, mm-hmm. which um, 
Paul Sand was one of my favorite episodes that we ever did just because it was so ridiculous and because it was so out there. But another one for me that was kind of a sleeper episode was the Valentine's Day episode because I remember not being super thrilled with it when we recorded it. But when it came out, I remember I listened to it and I thought, you know, this was really good. This was really fun. So which episode? I know it wasn't Valentine's Day because that's too early. What was the episode where I was actually in early labor and timing contractions on my phone while we were recording? Was that? Was um, that... Oh, it was the youth love the St. Louis Cardinals episode. Mm. Yes, the Baptist to English. Yes, the first one that we did post baby was Mother's Day, and the one right before that was Baptist to English. Yeah, and I was, I was, uh, I didn't end up having the baby for like another week because I had that like. Uh, prodromal labor where you're in very very early labor and not in pain but massively uncomfortable for quite a while but i was actually timing contractions on my phone and at one point they were five minutes apart and i was like oh man i hope i can finish this episode (laughs) oh no (laughs) and then it kind of slowed down again it was fine i hate when my contractions are that close together it's rough times yeah right Yeah, the other thing is that I really liked our Q&A episodes. Those were really fun. I would like to do one early next year. So if you're listening to this episode um, and you want to send us a question, please email us at leavingedenpod at gmail.com, like whatever questions that you may have. And I think probably in January, we'll do another Q&A episode. I think that'd be really fun. That sounds cool, but I'm just going to spitball this. I would love if listeners um, sent us, if you would like to have your question read out loud by yourself on the podcast you can also send us a voice message through anchor and the link to that is in the show notes it's like automatically populated in the show notes of our shows so if you go to that link you can leave us a 60 second voice message so if you would like to hear your voice on the show and ask a question we can do it that way yeah the other thing that you, you could do if you want to send us that is you can make a voice memo on your phone and email it to us oh that's true yeah, that works as well. So it's leavingedenpod at gmail.com. Um, Dinah, Yo. what would you say What would you say are your favorite moments on the show this year, uh, your favorite episodes, favorite things that have happened? Oh, gosh. Aside, of course, from your, your uh, debut and your appearance on this show, which I think we can all say was uh, a bit of a, a high point for a lot of us. Well, that's that's very kind of you. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun being able to be on the show, but... Um, yeah, there are several things that I've kind of looked back at uh, throughout the course of the year. And I'm like, that was really like a fun moment where I could relate, especially um, hard to different things um, or just for just fun and entertaining. For me, um, because I am living in Arkansas and have for most of my life been here, um, the Duggar coverage has been really great um, because... Of course, I'm getting a lot of that just by being here and, and everyone is sort of has been talking about it as, as things have come to light. But um, I really liked um, the coverage of sort of every step along the way um, over the course of the year. Um, but specifically the last couple of weeks when the trial was going on and then the verdict came down, um, I really, really enjoyed that. Um, so the note that I had made for myself was just, Josh Duggar is the stupidest evil person to have a reality show on TLC. Um, 
And I've seen a lot of 90 Day Fiance. So like, it, it means a lot. Um, so I loved that sort of ongoing thread. Um, but I also really, um, you, you mentioned it a second ago, but the Paul Sand episode where we had uh, Sadie Locke Holmes and, and Nancy Jew doing a, an investigation. <laughs> I thought that was like some <laughs> solid comedy. Um, and the fact that the entire thing was nonsense, which feels like incredibly <laughs> on brand for um, yes. for those of us who are in the process of deconstruction. It's like, oh, okay, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so it's all made up and the, uh, yeah, okay, cool. It's just basically whose line, but with religion, like it, everything's made up and it doesn't matter. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus. Yeah. I, I honestly, that, <clears throat> that is kind of my take on religion as a whole. Mm. It's like, yeah, it, everything's made up and the rules don't matter and like do what makes you better. I mean, yeah, whatever that is. Absolutely. I did. So, I, so speaking. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. So, so speaking of uh, Sadie Locke Holmes and Nancy Jew, do you feel like you can tell which one of us writes the episode title? Because that that was a Gavi episode title. I, well, I do think I would have guessed that just because you were so hesitant about calling him Nancy Jew. Um, and I think, um, bef- like in the past, I probably would have more readily guessed who wrote which uh, which show titles. Now I have developed a bit more of a nuanced view of the two of you. And I don't know. I think Sadie, you're actually a lot more sneaky, funny than people realize. Yeah. um, Sometimes there, there have been cases at times on this podcast where I have written a joke that I was not willing to read. So I just made Gavi read it. (laughs) You're doing the punch up. I love it. You're punching up your own show. Well, I'll tell you how the, the episode titles is probably like 60, 40, Probably about 40% of the time, Sadie will have, there will be a line in the episode that Sadie will be like, that needs to be the episode title. And then we'll make that into the title. But if, if that doesn't happen, then I'll just write something when I do the upload. Yeah. Or in the case of Heather's show, she and I ganged up on you and said, no, Prohibitive Vagina is the title. Which was That's true. Title. I mean, it was a good title. Yeah. Um, hang on. Do I need to throw my dogs out because they're yelling? Nah, it's fine. We have a baby on the show. So <laughs> I don't tell Sadie to throw Chuck out of the out of the closet. Yeah. But- well Chuck doesn't Chuck doesn't come in the closet to record very often, which is that's why I'm in a closet. Well yeah, no, I'm in a different room. Hold Chuck out the window, Michael Jackson style. <laughs> Dinah. Yo. You are in arkansas mm-hmm. uh you are our uh Ar- uh, the leaving eden podcast arkansas correspondent <gasps> have a title um, yeah arkansas correspondent uh dinah house <laughs> <laughs> oh my god finally um, and as uh, like last week uh we we know there was an election mm-hmm. um in which one uh, uh james robert duggar jimothy robert Jim- duggar yeah, aka Jim Boob, uh, ran for state senate and 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 lost. And I feel like we would be remiss if we did not have this conversation. Where, like, because we weren't going to do a special episode about this because there just isn't enough for us to do a special episode about this. Right. But we we had to bring this up and we had to mention it. 
Um, yes. So as a, uh, a a human being with more than two brain cells that lives in Arkansas, I'm thrilled that uh, Jim Bob didn't even make it through the primary. But also, like, it is, to to steal your phrase, Gavi, it is not top-tier behavior to run for office while your son is on trial for these just unspeakable crimes. And you are, like, attending oh, no. the trial. Like, what in the world? So, yeah, Jim Bob got his ass kicked, and we are loving it. So I would just like to point out that Jim Bob didn't just get his ass kicked. He I, he got something like 456 votes. Yeah. In the it, like Can you imagine? This is a guy who was putting up billboards, who was campaigning extremely hard to try and win the primary in this Arkansas state senate special election. Mhm and got wiped he just like it, it was not even a, a competition he didn't even get third yeah. in i mean he he just lost and it's kind of fascinating because um around here like pretty much and i mean in the the u.s and potentially the world um you know money wins elections right like if you have the money to do the advertising and run the campaign if you have more money it, there's a, a high likelihood that you'll be successful um and that was not the case um we're looking at it's very very likely that um sarah huckabee sanders will be the next governor of arkansas um, which, Ew. yeah, I know, butthole fully clinched for however long that lasts. But um, she's got just the most money we've seen since, I don't know, Bill Clinton was here. Um, and so, like, that's usually how it goes. And the fact that uh, while the Duggars are not, like, extravagantly wealthy, in Arkansas terms, they're pretty well off. And so it's kind of funny to watch, like, I guess the one thing that um, conservative Arkansan voters aren't cool with are the uh, conspiracy around these um, sex crimes against children. So, you know, the bar's pretty low, but at least there's a bar. That's the thing that we were talking about is that, you know, we may disagree with a lot of conservative voters on, like, I don't know, like 80% of whatever these issues are. But sex crimes against minors is not a issue that I think there's a lot of debate on. And that if you have a reputation for not being particularly uh, hard on people who commit sex crimes against minors, that's not really going to fly with pretty much anybody, is it? I hope not. I hope that, you know, we can we can proudly say that sex crimes against children really brings the nation together. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I just I don't get like I understand I've been listening to I pray you put this journal away. I don't know if you've heard that, Dinah, but it's actually really good. And I wish I had gotten to it sooner. No, I'll put that on. But the it's list. a. It's like a short form. I think there's only five or six episodes podcast by a guy who grew up with Josh Duggar. And he reads through his journals from the time to kind of uh, illuminate the timeline and what was going on in that very small church community at the time. Oh, that that feels dark. Yikes. Yeah, I've had um, a couple like real serious revelations already, and I'm on episode three. But he talks about... um, how 
uh, IBLP men are encouraged to run for office and that people like Jim Bob or people like Jim Holt think that it is their destiny to become a politician and think that that is the way to save the country and save the world. And I get that. Like, I understand that that's their belief. I cannot get my head around why Jim Bob would think it's a good idea to run in this election. I cannot for the life of me understand or come up with any reason why you would run at all when your son's on trial. Because it's it's all about him. Like it's the, it's that patriarchal narcissism just bubbling forth from his like robot zombie eyes. Like it is him no matter what. And I think that if you think about that in the context of Josh's behavior, it kind of makes sense that Josh is bulletproof in his own mind because he was raised by Jim Bob, who is also bulletproof in his own mind. Like, it makes sense to me that he would not let anything stand between him and what he firmly believes is God's will for his life. So this is my take on this. And from a political perspective, if you're going to try to run for office and there is somebody retiring and it's a special election, then that is, I mean, that is your shot that you take, mm-hmm. you know, because and if, if, if there's an open seat, if, if there's an incumbent that you're running against, then you're going to have a bad time because everybody's just going to vote for the incumbent. They're just going to vote for who they know and who they like, right. especially in local politics, yeah, especially in local politics. Mm-hmm. But if there's an open seat, uh, if somebody's retiring and it's or like a special election or something, then you can just then you can throw your hat in the ring. And if you get a good buzz going or something and people are talking about you, then maybe they'll vote for you. That's kind of the move that it's kind of like a, a bit of a crapshoot. So the thing that really to me is wild is that like, so how much money did he spend on this? There was some number that came out for how much money he spent on each individual vote that he got. It's 80 something dollars a vote. I don't have notes, so I'm not sure exactly what it was. Yeah, that's but if more- we do if we if we if we take a shot at it at eighty four dollars a vote times four hundred and fifty six thirty eight thousand three hundred and four dollars. That's abysmal. That is so that that is horrible. Well, to break we'll, double digits per vote is horrifying. So that he got closer to a hundred dollars per vote. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, three figures per vote. Man, holy crap! That's you want to know the funniest statistic that I found out um, when I saw how many votes uh, Jim Bob Duggar got. More than twenty-five times as many people listened to our coverage of the Josh Duggar trial than <laughs> oh man than voted for Jim Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate the dedication to strange math on this podcast. Um, oh, that's a bingo square. <laughs> Wait, is it still a bingo square because Gavi did the math? No, technically the bingo square specifies Sadie do- doing weird math to make a point. But um, uh, there's a through line here. I did have my iPhone calculator out, so this might count. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. Yeah. No, we, um, yeah, there's something really delicious about snarking on the Duggars. And I know that's not news, but yeah, as a local there, like it's even more like this train wreck is literally in my backyard. Like they're two hours car ride away from me. Um, and so it's very strange to watch this all go down and you're like, yep, 
and they've just been like this the whole time and no one talked about it and guaranteed they're not the only ones. Well, for if you're from Oregon, the equivalent of that was when the Tanya Harding thing went down. Oh, God, yes. I love Tanya Harding so much. She's a trainer. I mean, the, the, here's the thing, though, is uh, in uh, when I was growing up, um, and this mall just closed, there was a mall called Lloyd Center. Mm-hmm over um on over in northeast portland and that was the mall that was closest to my house so you know when you know we're doing a holiday shopping you know or just going so we go to lloyd center that was the mall that we would go to that was the mall where tanya harding when she was a a kid was practicing ice skating at the skating rink at lloyd center oh yeah so you could just be going to like macy's and see Tanya Harding, like learning how to, you know, like do her jumps and and twirls. Well, what year was that? Nineteen ninety one, I think, was when every or God. I, See, because I was born in ninety three, so it was it was before my time. Okay, I remember but, being a very little kid, and um, it was the Olympics after everything had happened, and uh, Nancy Kerrigan was skating, and I remember we had like. <laughs> another giant Baptist family over and they were staying with us and I had to go to bed and I begged my mom to let me know if Nancy Kerrigan won um, the gold medal that night. <laughs> Wait a minute. Was know. that? That's very on brand. <laughs> I don't know if that should have been like the handwriting on the wall, but they didn't pick it up. And I was like little, little because I was born in 1986. And so I would have been like maybe six, maybe six years old, something like that when all this was going down. So very tiny child, but enthralled by the drama and the sequins and the (laughs) the nude spandex. Like it was everything I wanted in this world. See, that's the funny thing, Dinah, because I was also extremely into figure skating as a kid. So maybe, maybe it should have been the writing on the wall for more than one of us. (laughs) My parents were really into figure skating like they i remember one time when i was in like sixth grade the national championships for figure skating were in portland and my parents got tickets to like all of it and i was just like this sucks and i went to see i went to see a bunch of figure skating and some of it was like kind of cool but i'm just like that that was so but like formula one is your figure skating though right like i'm just you know like, I don't get it. Yeah. i don't know why people watch it but like i'm happy for you whereas like figure skating i'm like oh yes i get it I get it. You know what? That's a good analogy. I like that. Formula One is 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 for me. Figure skating is for you. Wow. <laughs> That's very insightful. I like that. Well, no, I had a couple of questions that I wanted to um or or things from the from um a few episodes that I wanted like to bring back up and like get some clarity on. Um and these are not the heavy important things, but like they're the um they're the will Nancy win the gold kind of questions that have occurred to me over, over a few episodes. Um, number, number oh, one is, is um, Gavi, you appear to have a vendetta against the Chrysler PT cruiser. You have mentioned this in multiple <laughs> episodes. Um, you mentioned it in the Satanism episode several times, but you also brought it up in the spring program episode. Um, why the hate for the PT cruiser? We know it looks like a bug. So are you into cars? Do you, do you like cars at all? I mean, some, yeah. Like, I'm not like a super car guy, but like, I'm also not car ignorant. So like, if you're into cars, it, like the PT Cruiser, it's like, it, it's just like a punching bag. It's like, you know how if you're a comedy writer, 
if you're trying to write write comedy and you're like i really just need a joke to land you know how you can just like throw in florida and then people will automatically laugh yes i am aware of this phenomenon yes if you're into cars you can just throw in a joke about the pt cruiser and it will automatically like people who are into cars will be like yeah the pt cruiser was um... it's 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 pure laziness. It's basically just like... Is, is that against our ethos of not punching down, though? Is this a punching I mean, it's, down it's violation? It's Yeah, it's not a person. It's just a car. It's not like I'm saying, if you drive a PT Cruiser, I think that you're a bad, amoral person. It's it's like... The PT Cruiser isn't like... I wouldn't say it's like a, a bad car or a terrible car or, or anything. It's probably... it's. I mean, it's like a... It's a five door hatchback. It's a perfectly, you know, fine car if you want a five door hatchback. It's just such a specific vibe. It's like making fun of Nickelback. Okay, I get. I, I I'm with it, you on that. And like for cars, it's like it's like throwing a Nickelback joke, or it's like if you're into football, throwing out a Detroit Lions joke. You know, like people who are into football are just going to be like, yeah, you know, huh, Detroit Lions, they suck. So for clarity, I d- I've never owned a PT Cruiser. I have no like dog in this race. I just thought it was funny that it's come up multiple times. Um, and actually, to get back to the ethos of the show, um, during the um, the Paul Sand episode, Gavi, you said, on this show, we pride ourselves on always delivering accurate information. Even if that accurate information is punctuated by wild speculation, we are nothing if not thorough. <laughs> I, I remember saying that. Um... Um, very specifically when I was when I was talking about high school football statistics, um, yes. I do believe. Yes. So I just feel like your <laughs> wild speculation is a, a consistent thing, but it doesn't just because it's speculation doesn't mean it's wrong. So I'm not reading you. I'm just reminding you of some <laughs> You bad. can read me if you want. I would <laughs> <laughs> I mean you do it, you know, from Well, you know So I had completely forgotten that we went into high school football statistics for the Paul Sand episode. Well, say I've got a quote for you also, um, because oh I'm nothing what the, if not What the hell thorough. did I say? Um, you said, well, I've got two, actually. First of all, you recently said, I quote, <laughs> I made an objectively hilarious joke about Brene Brown. And uh, end quote. And I think that it's important for you to just own those moments. <laughs> I think Brene would want you to say that you made an objectively good joke about her. Like she would want you to own that. I, I can't remember the exact quote of the joke that I made, but I know it was in the Jill Rodriguez episode. I know the exact quote of the joke. You said, it's just like how women who go to therapy all love Brene Brown. Right. But I can't remember the context of that. I think you were referring to. I, I don't was know. it about her being I think a motivational was, speaker for women? Maybe it was. Yeah, it was about she Jill. It was about Jill basically wanting to be the Brene Brown of the IFB. Yeah, that's right. I think is it's a direction that it took, and Which I stand by that joke. One, <laughs> I stand by that joke one hundred percent. I also do think that everybody should read at least something by Brene Brown because there's something in there that most people could use. But I still stand by the joke. Um, also, Sadie, I had a quote from you from the Paul Sand episode as well, um, wherein you were bemoaning the idea that people who had been married for 20 years um, were hooking up in a car in a parking lot. And you said, people who are between 40 and 50, most likely, no matter how short this woman is, no one that age wants to hook <laughs> up in a car to begin with. 
People who are that old have houses or money for hotels. Um, to which Gavi replied, if you're over 23, you should not be hooking up in a car. I don't disagree with any of these True. things. I just think it's brave <laughs> that you said them out loud. <laughs> uh, Look, have you ever have you ever had your knee bruised by a center console? Yes. Then you know what I'm talking about. No yes. Um, but also, Gavi, you went on to say that these were cars in the 70s and not the 1990s Corollas that we're used to, which I want Corollas, to know. Corollas, like, Accords. Um, There's some <laughs> highly specific statements from Gavi in this in this um, back and forth about, you know, 23 or 1990s Corolla and that kind of that hints at a story that he's not telling well that's this kind of where i'm going with this gavi like you're alluding to a lot of personal like details that um america might be ready for um is there a so, confession you need to make today oh i the heim sisters are listening and they just think you're lovely are they if they are alana i got special advanced tickets to your movie licorice pizza what the what what is, licorice pizza? You know about this, Alana Haim, my uh, future wife, shirt, yeah. is yeah was uh, is starring in a what what day we're, we're recording this on the twentieth, so the movie's not out yet, but she's in a movie made by Paul Thomas Anderson called Licorice Pizza. Um, it's supposedly very good. I don't know. I haven't seen it. It's not out yet. But everybody who's seen it, you know, all the critics are like, this movie is really good. You should go see it. Um, and it stars my future wife. So. Um, I'm well, gonna go, like. You of might, course, I'm gonna go see it. You might need to up your like, like um, DM sliding game before the movie comes out because if she breaks into acting, it's gonna be even harder to like get her attention. Well, that's the thing is that she was just on like Jimmy Fallon a oh, couple of like last week or something. It was her thirtieth birthday. She was just on Jimmy Fallon for it, and I'm like. You is know, she like thirty? That's she's young. Okay. Yeah, she's like, like a year and a half older than me. Okay, I say that as like my back is creaking and I'm I'm like popping ibuprofen. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Look, I've been I've been into her since like 2000 and like 12 or 13 or something like this. So this is not like a a, a casual situation. I'm like. <laughs> definitely believe that anything that makes me sound bad is something that i can just be like you know what i'm gonna get rid of this in the edit and that's fine um i didn't <laughs> learn how to do that until like a couple of months ago which is why if you go back and listen to the old episodes i sound like <laughs> well, that's, that's, that's also because okay that's also because though i have learned how to clap back at you because when we first started recording i was incapable of standing up to a man so you would say something that, and I was like, "That's not right," but I could not express it. Really? And now, yeah, and now I'm able to like be like, "Uh, no, I don't agree," and be fine with that. But when we first started recording, I didn't like. I I just was. I did not have the skills to do that. I love that. Like my my like little non-binary ass over here is just like you. You tell that man about himself. <laughs> <laughs> so this this will like 99% sure get cut in the edit, but I'll tell you the most recent time it happened in the therapy episode. Mm. There was a bit that was cut, and I think it was cut from the Patreon too, but Gavi was talking about how he wouldn't trust online therapy and that, you know, if you want a therapist, you want the very best therapist. 
And I was like, um, no, people may not have access. I remember if you have access. That. So there was at least some of that in the Patreon version. Okay. No, that went on the you- that went on the Patreon. I didn't put oh, that okay. in the streaming. Totally it's actually it. a really poignant moment uh, because I I know what Gavi meant, but I also know I like what he was responding to wasn't what you were really saying. The reality of that was like when because you know my dad's a doctor. Mm-hmm. Right. And so like growing up, it's just like, okay, you, you know, I'm used to like, when it comes to medical care, you don't do like anything that is, is like half measures or a little woo woo or a little like, you know, not like the proper thing. Like that's not what you do. And so if somebody offers me like not the proper thing, cause it's always for me when I, it's like not the proper thing, not like the exact thing that you're supposed to do. That's actually making it worse, not making it better. That was like, yeah. right. So it's not you being a, dick. it's just you seeing the world a very different way than I do. Yeah. You have a certain lens, but also like it's the concept of triage, right? Like you address the most important, like the most death, deadly things first. And then if you need to then go see a dermatologist, then that's fine. Right. But like, if you're hemorrhaging, we got to tamp- uh, tamponade that shit. Right. So I have the capacity now to see this, like to see this for what it is, like, oh, we're not disagreeing. We're seeing a concept from two different angles. And I am not required to bend my thought to a man's thought just because he's a man. And I am able to express that in a way that is polite and capable. Yes. And that's that has been that has been as recent as like that's recent personal growth. That is just since we've been doing the podcast. Mm. I'm so proud of you. That, yeah, that's. I'm proud of me too. Excellent. Thank you. I feel like um, we've both gotten funnier, and we've both become better people doing the show. Yeah, sometimes I listen back to the old episodes, and I'm like, I made a joke, and I'm like, oh, that was supposed to be funny, but now I'm listening to it, I'm just like, Ugh, that was not very funny. But I thought it was a genius back then. <laughs> that's I mean, all right. We, we, we just keep it in land. Hey man, that's what we're talking about today. Is is this year and growth and and becoming better and you know all of the great things that have happened. But speaking of the Paul Sand episode, one of the things that I want to say is that if you are a listener to the show, if you are a fan of this show, and you would like to send us uh, like a some like claim, some like Fundy Mythbuster esque claim, okay, like. something that we can like try to prove or disprove i had so much fun doing the paul sand episode uh where we you know research this specific exact claim that jack hiles made if you want to send us something that's like that please send it to us please send it to our email um because i would love to do another episode like that and i'm finally in a place where i have some research time (laughs) so Love Maybe that. you won't be watching hours and hours and hours of 1970s television, but no, that that's why one of us, that's why I need a co-host who doesn't have a baby. <laughs> so, um, so, so you be careful. <laughs> be yeah, that, that's important. It's a business expense. <laughs> um, I'm doing, I'm doing our taxes with my fancy new half and half of an accounting degree. Yes. So no, it's going to be, it's that's be great. exciting. So uh, do you want to talk about what, maybe what we're excited for in 2022? 
Yes. Why don't we go reverse order? So, Dinah, why don't you tell us what you're excited for in 2022? Oh, gosh. Um, 2022, um, I am really excited. I've got some um, some pretty cool uh, opportunities to travel with work and get to – I work in education, and so – um, I get to like go see some other uh, school systems um, and innovation stuff, which is really exciting. Um, but also, like, just I'm I'm working on some some content things for my own uh, like online presence that I'm excited about. Um, and like, you guys, like, therapy and deconstruction is like the real sh- and um, I'm excited to move forward into a new year with like a little bit better handle on the reality around me, which um, I think, you know, it's that thing that we're always working on and we're always like trying to progress. But yeah, like I I think that there are good things around the corner um, and like just exciting opportunities. Um, I keep thinking about the memes that are like, remember 2016 when we were like, ah, 2020 is going to be so much better. Um, But like legitimately, I think that 2022, like there's a lot of opportunity for just new things. And, uh, you know, you have to go in with that optimism. So um, I'm, I'm pretty stoked about it. Pretty stoked about some performance opportunities that are coming up as well. So, you know, life is on the up and up, I think. That sounds that sounds so lovely. And I very much identify with that. Um, you know, a year full of therapy and deconstruction can be a little bit scary because you're like, oh, what what's going to fall? Mm. Like what what brick is going to fall out of this next? <laughs> um, yes. Like the, the next time I have one. Scary and kind of hard. Like the next the next time I have one of those deconstruction moments, what's it going to be? Uh-huh. Is it going to be? Is it going to be something small or is it going to be one of those days? Is it going to be crying in a titty bar in Vegas because, oh my God, what's happening? <laughs> you, know, you know, those deconstruction days happen. They do, but, but it's think, okay because they are, they are cumulative. Like you grow from them. Yeah, it's, it's such a, a bittersweet thing because it's it's so beneficial and it's so healing and uh on the day of it is really rough but i'm proud of you for saying that and i think that um i agree that you're just going to be in a fantastic place a year from now you mentioned the content that you are creating Mm -hmm. would you like to tell our listeners where they may find that Sure. Um, so I have a YouTube channel, um, which is just, um, it's Dinah House Fire on YouTube and you can follow me. Uh, I'm working on some stuff. I've done in the past a series of uh, fast food slash junk food, like r- comparison reviews um, that I like to think are pretty fun. Um, and so I'm working on kind of a reimagining of that series. Um, uh, so that'll be on YouTube. I usually also share it on my Instagram um, which is just uh, just at Dinah House Fire, um, but yeah, you can find me there, and you can also find me on Twitter at Dinah House Fire One. Um, and I I say a lot of things on Twitter, so just wade through <laughs> the silly and the bad and the crazy. Oh, we had to talk about Lucy and Graves' vest. I think that there was a bit of a conversation that ensued. Um, I was it in the Facebook group. Um, yes. About basically Lucy and Graves, hot or not. Um, and how much of his allure is due to his wardrobe choices, specifically if he's wearing his vest versus if he's not in his vest. 
And I really, I think I come down on, um, it's mostly the vest because when he loses the vest, it's kind of like, Oh no, you look like Steve Buscemi and Viggo Mortensen had a baby. It's very strange. So I have some questions about this. Okay. Are you saying that the vest has any kind of satanic power or just that it is a quality fashion choice? Ooh, I didn't, I didn't really anticipate the supernatural quality of the vest. Um, I assume that the vest is just probably from like J crew or something. Um, and so I don't think it's magical. Um, or okay. satanic in and of itself. Now, it might be a satanically cursed question mark vest. I don't know what the like if you would be blessed. Satanist blessed like, thing is that? How yeah, it? Satanist bless. Yeah, they okay. bless things. They just bless them in the name of Satan. Okay, I, I, I am blithely unaware. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's a blessed garment because I assume he has a wardrobe full of them. Kind of like yeah, but he's also the leader of the Church of Satan, or sorry, the Satanic Temple. God, don't shoot me. He's also the leader of the Satanic Temple, so mm. he could probably get anything blessed that he wanted to get blessed. Is it by nature blessed because it's his, right? Like, like if like oh, that's the theory. I would no, assume that can't be. That can't be. And his little black hoodie would be blessed too, and he'd look hot in that too. Yeah, there's the that that's the that's the rub, right? Like everything, mm-hmm. he should be the most stunningly gorgeous man on earth, regardless of, of costume choice. And in this case, I believe that it is that black vest, like really defining that he has uh, a pretty small waist and like is is decently built. Because his okay. face is not doing anything for me, is what I'm really saying to you. See, I tend to really be attracted to unique faces. He does have like my husband. Um, my husband broke his nose as a kid playing softball, mm-hmm. and it's not way way crooked, but it's his nose is definitely a little bit not straight. And I've always been attracted to people who have little quirks like that. Okay, so I think so. It, the, part of this may just be like that's my type. Like I like unique looking faces. Okay. I'll, I'll buy that and i yeah that's fine because he's definitely got like the the eye situation scar situation going on which makes his face quite distinctive i just don't think he's like terribly attractive i don't think he's ugly i just don't think he's like remarkably attractive okay so final follow-up question if i put on a vest would i be hot or would i have to put on that vest no vests make you hot Okay. I think that's. I don't have any vests. It, it has to be a, a, a properly tailored vest. Like it needs to hit right um, for your mm-hmm. waist and hips, and the lapel needs to like it needs to happen in the right places. But yeah, I think vests are are innately kind of sexy. They give you like a uh, like cast of the mummy kind of a thing, right? Like anyone in the mummy could be wearing a vest at any moment. And they're all hot. Like, <laughs> okay, that's not something that I've thought about. Anyone in the mummy could be wearing a vest at any moment. I mean, any. I suppose of the European characters. So my other goal for 2022 yes. is get a vest. Oh, I love that. Get a well tailored vest. Perfect. I'll take you to Valentina. <laughs> okay. She does great work. <laughs> Name drop this, on the, this seems on the pod. Like, so in 2022, I am excited about. Uh, getting a vest. I am excited about uh, Chuck's first birthday, which is going to be fun. And uh, I'm excited about talking about, oh, I'm excited about talking about 
uh, other cults on the podcast. We're going to not change our MO, but we're going to expand a little bit to talk about cults that are a little farther outside the IFB circle and compare that back to what we know about the IFB. Yeah, that is a big thing that we've got going forward. Because uh, I remember when we did the AMA on Reddit, like specifically people kept asking, quite, like, is this a cult? Is this a cult? Is this a cult? Is this a cult? No, people were like, is the Catholic Church a cult? Is Mormonism a cult? Is Scientology a cult? Talk about Trump. Talk about QAnon. Like, that's, and then like, people tried to trip me up like, oh, I'm a part of insert group here. Am I in a cult? I mean, the answer is yes, if you have to ask. No, but like we, uh, we've we decided like we need to actually go in and talk about these things. Um, and so the first episode that we've got coming out in 2022, so it's going to come out a week from when you're hearing this. Uh, I think that's like Monday. It's either the third or the fourth or something of January is we are going to talk about the Branch Davidians and the siege at Waco. When it comes to cult stuff, the, like the first thing that people ever ask about when they hear about cult stuff is they ask about Waco or the or Scientology. Uh, those are the two big ones that people like ask about. If I tell people, yeah, I'm on a podcast with my friend, she was raised in a cult, and they're like, oh, is it like Waco where they where she raised on a compound? Not exactly, but this is the one. I think this is an episode that we had on our list when we first started brainstorming for what we were going to do on this podcast, like a year and a half ago. We made a list of a hundred potential topics and one of them was the siege at waco and the branch davidians and if you liked what we did with the andrea yates episode where we told the story um just in a true crime sense of this is what happened but then related it to my experiences in a cult and other cult experiences and tried to paint a fuller picture of what happened that's exactly what we're going for when we talk about Waco. I thought that was really helpful and kind of illuminating because I don't think I paid attention to the Andrea Yates um, situation when it was going on. I think I was like the wrong age or whatever. I just really wasn't anything that interested me, but I, I thought that was fascinating. So I think that'll be really interesting to have that particular kind of perspective. We got a lot of very positive comments on that one. Um, and that's that's very much at least what I'm going for when I talk about other cults is I want to make it make sense to people. Yeah. If you if there's an episode that you really, really like and like, you know, you're in our Facebook group, leave a comment and say, I really liked this episode. I really liked when you did this because we see that we're like we're in there all day and we see that comment and we say, oh, we should do another episode in that style. And we'll do it. So what are you excited about doing, Gavi, in 2022? So one of the things I'm extremely excited about, uh, and this has been something that we've had in the cards for a while. One of our listeners sent us in the mail a copy of the IBLP Advanced Seminar, like the Bill Gothard IBLP Advanced Seminar. I glanced through it Um and there was some nutty stuff in there. Sadie has actually been reading it. So we're going to do an episode where we are going to like go through that whole book and just, I don't, I don't know, like Sadie, do, what are we going to do with that? I'm going to try to find things that you don't typically hear because I think there are things in, I'm actually holding the book because I was using it to prop up my computer for recording. Um, I think it's huge. Uh, I think there are things that we all kind of know are in here, 
But I think there have got to be some things that people have just forgotten as they have moved away from the IBLP or the XEs may not remember. Um, and I'm going to, I want to go through and, and try to give an overview of not only the point of the whole book, which is a little bit difficult because this is Bill Gothard and he never seems to make a point. He kind of just rambles along, but that and, and maybe pick out some of the funnier, weirder things that don't often get talked about. There's some nutty stuff in there. That's an unfortunately apt adjective. <laughs> I think it might be a little bit of an understatement. Uh, it just sounded like a double entendre to me. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Wine mom strikes again. Wine mom strikes again. I didn't even think of that. For me, it was the Freudian slip. I, I didn't think about it either. Oh my God, what's happening? How the turns have tabled. Listen, I have, in the last hour recording this, I have slammed a 12-ounce Red Bull and also a glass of wine. So you get what you get today, people. I mean, I've had a significant amount of Mountain Dew and vodka, so there's that. I feel I, hate, I regret my choices already, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Well, I think we talked about um, we talked about things we're thankful for. We talked about what we're looking forward to. Dinah, did your church have watch night services growing up, like a New Year's Eve service? Um, I don't remember. Well, it was never called watch night. Um, we did have. Um, oftentimes, we would have like New Year's Eve. Um, not services so much as like, uh, programming, like, um, the adults would have New Year's Eve in the fellowship hall, um, and the kids would hang out, you know, elsewhere in the church. And it was like alternative to going to, you know, a sinful party where there would, might be champagne mm -hmm. and kissing. Um, <laughs> but no, it wasn't so much a service that was generally the services like that were more focused around, Christmas time and, and things like that. Um, there would be like candlelight services and things. I think the watch night is the moniker is an IFB thing. Mm -hmm. And I think the specific way that we did it is a Hiles IFB thing. Okay. But I know a lot of churches did have some kind of don't go to a sinful party programming. Yes. yes, yes, for sure. For sure. I remember as a kid, we watched like, um, and this is a, <laughs> I don't know why this popped up, but like, um, do you ever feel like you're, um, the Long Island medium and you're just channeling your own consciousness? Um, <laughs> I don't know why this is coming through all of a sudden. Um, but no, I remember one of those parties or one of those, um, like New Year's Eve nights and we watched like Free Willy. So that gives you kind of a, a sense of the time period because it was the most innocuous movie that they could find for us. Um, because we didn't have, I wasn't allowed to watch that because it supports environmentalism. Wait, which movie? Free Willy. They you, sorry, you were telling a story. No, I actually want to put a pin in environmentalism and come back for like a 12 second thing. But um, yeah, I okay. remember that being a thing. And it was kind of like um, we were allowed to be in like the children's church, like rooms. Like there were a few like uh, Sunday school classrooms that were where children's church happened um, and the nursery because the older kids were watching the like little, little ones. Um, and then also sort of vaguely watching those of us who were in the in-between years. Um, but we weren't supposed to really disturb the adults. <laughs> so, you know, it's kind of Lord of the Flies. It's fine. See, um, if we were ever going to be watching a movie, it would be Sheffy. 
Yeah. See, I never saw Sheffy. I've never seen Sheffy. I was not aware that it even existed. But I do remember as a like uh, when I was like in youth group age, um, we did a Disciple Now weekend and we stayed at the home of one of the families and they had one of those VCRs that like auto censored anything objectionable. And so, oh yeah, we had one of those. It was very strange. Wait, because, what is this technology? What? Yeah, so Wait. it's like a VCR, but it as it is playing, I guess it pre-scans, and if there's anything that any like words that you don't want it to say, it will alter them. And like, I guess it did it just like mute it and put up like captions or something, but it would say like ours just straight up muted. Okay anything that any objectionable words how did this technology work i don't know how it seems kind of advanced because it was for sure i don't think it was even a dvd player like i think it was i think it was vhs player it seems extremely advanced like but it would some, like ai like, or something it would change words to like really nonsensical things and maybe we were just watching it with captions on or whatever but i remember like they used like the, the term walnut to replace dirty words and it was like and the words weren't even like really dirty it was like you know darn or something because it it's not like we would have been watching anything objectionable but super funny um oh so the other thing i was going to mention in context of you not being able to watch free willy was that one of the stories that has always like weirded out my peers is that i was um not allowed to watch captain planet as a little kid because it was environmentalism and my parents were afraid that I would grow up and be a liberal environmentalist. And so like I was banned from watching and like all I wanted to do in the world was watch, you know, this sort of um, culturally diverse group of teens join their rings together and summon like a super hot blue guy with green hair. Um, But I wasn't allowed to do that because I might not pollute the ocean or whatever. Well, I'm sure that your parents' fears of you growing up to be a liberal environmentalist of any kind were completely unfounded. Yes. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. I don't recycle. It's fine. No, that's a lie. Um, yeah, no, they're really worried about the wrong things. Like Captain Planet was not the problem. It was the ice skating. <laughs> So uh, I think this has come full circle, and I do have to go get the baby up from a nap in a few minutes, unfortunately. Dinah, we loved having you on. Please come back at some point in the future. Maybe, you know, next time we do, like, a Fundy Snark episode. Yeah. How would you feel about that? Like, when we when we decide we want to do a Fundy Snark episode, we'll bring Dinah back for, uh, for every once in a while. I would be... That sounds please just- fantastic. As long as I don't have to drink this Mountain Dew again, which you did not force me to do. But um, yeah, I I would be thrilled to join you guys again. It's been a pleasure. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, Happy 2022 in advance. Yeah, likewise. Happy 2022 and happy every other holiday, right? Yes, all the holidays. All the things. Festivus. Oh, shit. Festivus is in like two days. Yeah. (laughs) Make sure you get your poll. Well, I keep a poll up year round, so it's fine. Top tier. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. B- bye bye. It was great to have you. Thanks. All right. That was a lot of fun. Ugh. Every time, every time we have, you know what I love? I love that we have the the group chat with Dinah in in, in our phones now. <laughs> We're just like sending memes back and forth and. Well, uh, you two send memes, and I'm like taking care of the baby, and then I check my phone, and I'm like, oh my lord. 
Yeah. Oh, oh my goodness. Man. Dinah, Dinah is is Sadie and my new BFF. So yeah, yeah. That's 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 good times. Um, wh- what are we going to talk about now? Okay, so the last thing that we would normally do in a watch night service is, I think, is a good thing to end this podcast episode on. Oh, okay. So the fundies are all about not being superstitious and not believing in any kind of ritual. But for that, they sure do have a lot of superstitions and rituals. <laughs> One of those is praying in the new year. They believe that if you are praying when the clock strikes 12, that the new year will be blessed. So around in my church, around 1150 p.m., they would get everyone together to pray in the new year. Sadie, do you know who is really superstitious? Who? Nancy Reagan. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> okay. So, so in, it's true. No, if like really? she would, oh, right, because they had an astrologer. No, you're not making a joke. You're that's real. No, you're right. I had forgotten about that. So, fundies are also kind of superstitious, and the stricter churches will try to do an entire hour of prayer to pray in the new year. hour yeah and that's pretty funny because praying out loud for an hour is a lot longer than you think it is especially because they're fundies so they're not allowed to use any kind of pre-written prayer and they're not allowed to repeat anything because that's vain repetition and that's catholic so they have to find new things Mm. to pray for for an entire hour without using anything pre-written man so is it just like the pastor is up there. So usually if, if they're going to do an hour, they will like start with the pastor will do, will go for a little bit till he runs out of things to pray for. And then the assistant pastor will go for a little bit and then the youth pastor will go and then the deacons will go. And hopefully that fills up enough time. Like what if you, you know, what if, if the pastor and the deacons go like, say you're like the least important deacon. So you're like the last one to go and everybody's already prayed for all the shit that you were going to pray for. You know, that's a rough situation. So, so let me let me tell you how this goes. So, you start the hour, you get all the basics out of the way, right? Like let us have a good year, let us get a bunch of people saved and baptized. Uh, let's pray for the pastor, let's pray for the church, and then you have to start getting creative. I'll tell you what my old trick was when I had to pray for a really long time was to go through the states Try to think of an IFB church or more than one in every state and then pray for the church, pray for the pastor, anything else you can think of. So that was that was my old trick. If you go so real you're like slow, memorizing state capitals out in here. And, and I never memorize the state capitals. I just memorized an IFB church in every state. <laughs> I still don't know all the state capitals. What was the one that you had for Oregon out of curiosity? Uh, there's one right down the road from us, actually. Grandview Baptist. If you if you go through all the states and you still are not done with praying, because the worst thing would be, what if you stopped praying and it was 11.59 p.m. and then you just prayed for 59 minutes, but you still don't get your New Year blessed? Oh, no. <laughs> so you really got to make sure you get all the way to, to at least like 12.05. It's a marathon, not a sprint, baby. Exactly. So what you can do if you go through all the states, you can go through every missionary that the church supports individually. Or if your church doesn't support that many missionaries, you can also go to the mission boards like FBMI or LAM or whoever and get a list of all of the IFB missionaries from their mission board and pray through all of them. Anyway, this can get really hilarious because either you show up with a list or... (laughs) 
<laughs> you have to keep coming up with stuff to pray for, and it can get really funny. You, what's so? What's the most ridiculous uh, and like inconsequential thing that you've heard prayed for? Easy missionary kids' birthdays. <laughs> what? So when a missionary gives out a card or a letter to ask you to pray for their family, they include the kids' names and their birthdays. I don't know why. Maybe they think that somebody's going to send the kid a birthday present. I don't know. So if you're praying for the missionary, perhaps trying to fill time at a watch night service or an all-night prayer meeting of some sort, you may not know a single blessed thing about this child other than their name and birthday. So you'll hear... Lord, please bless the Simmons family who are missionaries to Ethiopia. Please bless Jim and Mary and their efforts to win Ethiopia to Jesus. Lord, please bless Will James, whose birthday is um, November 12th. Lord, please bless little Susie, (laughs) whose birthday is uh, March 24th. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you think that God gets like so many prayers from Baptist on watch night that he like, you, you know how like on your phone, you can turn notifications off from like a certain person. Like if you don't want, if there's somebody who you're like, oh, I don't need to hear from this person. You, you turn notifications off from them on your phone. So you don't get the, yes. you, th- you think God does that. So he's like, you know, heaven's word Baptist church in Roanoke, Virginia is having watch night and they're going to be praying about birthdays or something. <laughs> and I really wish they, you know, stop with the spam and only bother me if it's like an eight or higher, you know, <laughs> so I'm going to put them on mute. <laughs> like a, like a boy who cried wolf situation. Oh, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I would do if I was God. Like, you only have, I mean, I guess God's infinite, so he has infinite attention. But, like, even if I had infinite attention, I couldn't be bothered to pay attention to that. That's, like, very boring. Well, yeah, but God is also omniscient, omnipotent, and omnipresent. So he already knows who is going to pray for what before they pray for it. And if he is going to answer the prayer, he already has done the prayer or had already has answered the prayer because he lives outside of space and time. So, I guess he could just use all those powers and make sure all the prayers get heard before they get prayed so he can answer them before they even get prayed so that he can kick back and watch the ball drop in New York City with everybody else. But if God knows what you're going to pray for before you do it, then why does it matter if you pray to begin with? That's if he the question. Knows, yeah, if he already knows what you're going to ask for, so, or is it like Santa, you know, you got to write a letter to Santa, you're not going to get anything. That is, is that how that works? That's what Christian Twitter is fighting about right now. Really? Mm-hmm. So so who are the who are the major players who's fighting on one who's fighting on the other side? It's I'm not, not on even, Christian Twitter, I'm on Jewish Twitter. It's not even I, I try not to be on Christian Twitter. <laughs> it's not even sides. It's literally at this point still just kind of people shouting into the void and drawing the lines up for this Christian Twitter fight. But it's <laughs> so so in honor though of the tradition of praying in the new year. I've done one more special surprise for this episode. Okay, what's that? So I have written a completely non-denominational prayer for 2022. And I think this I think this will be something that just about every listener can get behind. Even our Satanist friends who have written to us about our Satanism episodes. So here's our, our prayer for 2022. Let us give thanks for the blessings of 2021. We are thankful for new life, for growth, and for new understanding. Let us give thanks for the connections that have been brought about by this podcast, not only the connection between us as the hosts and the listeners, 
but also for the connections forged between listeners and the community that we are building together. Let us give thanks especially for justice coming to abusers. May Josh Duggar continue to receive justice. May his sentence reflect the gravity of his crimes. May he feel the shame, the fear, and the pain that his victims endured. May he have the opportunity to change his heart, and if his heart is hardened to that opportunity and he is unrepentant, may his suffering be equal to his unrepentance. May those who were harmed by Josh Duggar and by others like him feel peace, joy, and happiness in the new year. May we all experience healing from the things that have harmed us. Let us all feel more healed and more whole at the end of 2022 than we do today. May we all grow in our understanding of spirituality and our understanding of ourselves. May we all feel free to choose and live out our beliefs in a way that is authentic to us and harmless towards others. May we not only choose tolerance for others, but learn true respect for others' beliefs and cultures. And may we attend No Jesus Satyrs. May we enjoy peeing in peace, whether we stand or sit. May we enjoy the occasional monster energy drink without hearing satanic laughter. May we refrain from inappropriately crashing and live-streaming funerals. And if we want to play footsie with someone, may we just f***ing ask them for consent, instead of being a creep like Bill Gothard. For those of us who are people of faith, may we integrate science with faith in a way that fulfills our responsibility of being kind and loving to others. Lead us not into the temptation of buying $40 half-size replicas of Egyptian dinosaur tablets, but deliver us to the science museum. May we, re- <laughs> may we receive the new year with joy as a gift of opportunity. May we, be, may we be bold in seizing opportunities for growth. May we meet challenges with determination. And may we each become better in some way through this year. Amen. So that's I said my... amen your guys' way. I said amen. I didn't say amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's said... how you know we're at watch night. I said amen. Well, that's my that's my <laughs> uh that's my prayer that I think pretty much everybody can get on board with for 2022. Hey, you know what? I like that. That was fun. Good. That was fun. Good, good. <laughs> you know what? I have a surprise. Um Oh, I'm surprised. You're surprised by this? Well, earlier you said you wanted to give a sermon, okay? Yes. Earlier, you said that you wanted to give a sermon, and now I think is is the perfect time. Uh, if if Sadie, do you want to give a sermon? Do you feel like now is the time? Because watch s- night. I'm like so nervous. When you were a kid, you you know you you were like, I want to do this, and you you like if you decide you want to do it, we we've got that space for you. We've got that platform for you. Like all of these people hear you talk every week and talk about your experiences and, and impart wisdom. I know. I'm just like, this is, I'm having like a religious trauma moment. Like I, like I talk about religion on this show all the time, but I never say, Oh, I'm the person who has a truth from God. And even doing it in a joking way is really hard. Well, don't think about it like a sermon. Think about it like imparting wisdom. Okay. I can do that. I do that all the time. Yeah. Okay. You do do that all the time. Okay. Let's let's try it that way. Cool. So my text is from the Christmas story. It's from the book of Luke chapter two, and it's verse six and seven. And while they were there, the time came for her to be delivered. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them at the end. That's such a, a common story to hear around Christmas. And I've heard so many sermons over my life 
about why God ordained that when Jesus came to earth, he had to be born of a virgin. And I know that there are a lot of prophecies in the Old Testament that inform the Christian idea of this, specifically the one in Isaiah, I believe it's chapter 7, verse 14, which is contested, but I don't have time to get into that right now. I know that there's a lot of Christian theology behind the idea that Jesus had to be the perfect sacrifice, that he had to be sinless, and that having a man's DNA involved would spoil that. And and there's so much theology and so many sermons get preached about that, but I was wondering lately why people ask that question so often, but seem to ignore the more obvious question of why Jesus had to be born at all. God could have, cho- could have chosen to bring Jesus into the world in infinite ways. He could have grown on the branch of a tree or crash-landed in a meteor like a pre-space-age Superman, or simply appeared as a full adult. So we could argue that the experience of growing up as a human was part of Jesus' identity as fully human, fully God, being found in like manner as a man, etc. But that still doesn't answer the question, why birth? Why nine months of pregnancy for Mary? Why labor? Why pain? Why risk? Birth has become more and more safe through the centuries, but even now it's not without risks. 1,500 years after the birth of Jesus, pregnancy was still considered the time to write your will or revise your will because dying in childbirth was extremely common. So why would God choose a risky method for bringing his son into the world? St. Thomas Aquinas had a theory. He thought that God chose birth for bringing Jesus into the world to elevate both men and women because Eve was made from Adam's rib without the involvement of a woman. So Jesus was made from a woman without a man's involvement, and it balanced that and made that full circle. Number two, to balance the natural and the supernatural. And number three, to help us believe in Jesus's nature as a human. And I think that those are perhaps some of the reasons that God chose a human birth as the avenue for Jesus's entrance into the world. But what became apparent to me is that birth was a deliberate choice on the part of God. And I wonder if there isn't a message or a lesson that we can learn from the fact that this is the method that God who could do anything chose to bring his son into the world. We can't know for sure the mind of God. We can't know exactly what the intentions were, but I think we can notice things that we are given in the information that we do have, and we can maybe learn something from the facts that we do know. It's a fact that God deliberately chose birth as the method of bringing Jesus into the world, It's a fact that birth is and was dangerous and messy, and it's an act of courage. Many people describe the day that they gave birth as the hardest day of their life, and many people also describe it as the best day of their life. It's a fact that birth is both momentous and extraordinary and significant, and also that birth is incredibly common. Everyone listening to this podcast has been born. According to the United Nations, about 385,000 babies are born every day. And the truth that I see when I look at these things is that God is present in the extraordinary and God is present in the common. And I think that the presence of God literally coming to earth through birth, the most extraordinary and the most common thing all at the same time, can really show us that God's presence is there with us on our extraordinary days and on our mundane days. I think sometimes we get caught so caught up in needing 
and searching for miracles that we want to sprinkle sparkly magic god dust all over everything in our lives, from getting a good parking space at Walmart to our favorite sports team winning. And I'm not challenging you to stop praying for a good parking space or to stop thanking God for the small things, because I think that gratitude is always good. But my challenge is to see God maybe a little bit less as a sparkly, magical, ethereal thing and more present in the daily miracles. See the God that chose birth to send the greatest miracle into this world. See the the God that sent his son into a world that's surrounded by the smell of dirty farm animals. And see a God that's with you in the most extraordinary moments, but also in the most mundane. Wow. That was really good, Sadie. I'm so glad that you said that. I mean, I'm not even Christian, but you know. That was super hard. I'm like shaking and I feel like I'm going to (sighs) die. No, I'm, you know what? I, I, that was a beautiful sentiment that you, that you, that, that you spoke. It seemed really abstract until I had a baby. And I think that makes it so much more real for me. Not just this, the story of the actual birth, but the idea of, oh, (laughs) thinking of, of Mary, not just being this beautiful, pristine figure in a blue veil, holding her child while that dumb drummer boy (laughs) wakes the baby up, but also the idea of Mary crying herself while she's trying to rock the kid to sleep, going, why is this kid not sleeping? And the the reality of what birth and motherhood mean. And it's caused me to think a lot about why did God choose that as the avenue? I think you should be really proud of yourself because that was something that you said, you know, you expressed that you were having a lot of difficulty, you know, when you were younger, that you wanted to go up and, and speak your theology well, yeah the last time i tried your... that i literally couldn't do it so at least that was better than the last time but, well no that was that was marvelous that was so good you did such a good job well thank you so much uh, yeah. i i had thought of that was that that was what i was going to say and then i saw a tweet that was along the same lines so i knew that god was confirming that that was what i was supposed to do it was a sign from god would you say that god put it on your heart yes <laughs> <laughs> you prayed on it and this is what God <laughs> told you to do. <laughs> yes. But yeah. actually. But actually, right. Yeah. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. Hey, I, I really <clears throat> I you know what? I'm I'm happy that you have your platform to speak that to so many people who are listening uh out here right now uh to this well, episode. Well thank you. Thank you for encouraging me to go for it. That's hey, that was I, extremely helpful. I'm just glad that you had your opportunity to to really to really say something that you believed in. Vindication um, for 15-year-old Sadie. Hey, you know what? That's all we want. It was half a lifetime ago, but here, you know. Oh, if ouch. Saw you, ouch. If, she, if she saw you now, she would look at you and she'd probably be proud of you. I wrote a short story about that. Wow. Okay, yeah. we'll have to we'll have I, to this put that this on is this is off topic, but it might go on the Patreon. I I wrote a I wrote a short story about me now well it was me a couple of years ago because that's when I wrote the story but going <clears throat> going back in time and I like described my day as a teenager and how me now would use what I know about my life as a teenager to catch teenage me at the right time and try to change the direction of my own life 
It was fun. That it was it really, was extremely healing. That would be a cool TV episode. Like if there was a TV show about your life, like where I'm you know, played like, by Drew Barrymore. Where you're played by Drew Barrymore. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.